hello there. You are listening to Jelly and Bean, and this is the show where we talk about all manner of geek topics, tech, movies, TV shows, games, and more. It's hosted by none other than Brandon Maines, an unlikely hero from the distant lands of the United States, and myself, Jelly, a.k.a. Daniel Farrelly, an Apple fanboy with a heart of gold. Today is Friday, the 24th of January, 2014, and this is episode 58. Hello, Bean. Hello, Jelly. So, I have to ask, are you up to date with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Uh, well, at the time of this recording, I am one episode behind, I think. One episode behind. Well, I, I know that you've said uh, previously, uh, I don't know whether it was on the show or uh, like not on the show, but uh, you've mentioned that you you feel like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Is, isn't as as strong a show as it could be. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, I think it's one of those things, if it wasn't a Marvel property, I probably wouldn't have kept watching. Right. And I think, you know, if, if it hadn't have been a Marvel property, there would have been, um, I think a lot of people would have would have approached it with a lot more kind of trepidation and, uh, and critique, I guess. But that being said, there is uh, the, the, the president, the entertainment president of ABC, that is the American Broadcasting Corporation, has made a few statements in regards to the back nine of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So... They he, they've admitted that this 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 season has had some struggles, you know, with the with the characters and with you know getting finding its feet and finding that um you know balance between having a season arc and a and being you know a procedural. And they've what they're going to do is they're going to sh- they've shuffled some things around uh for the back nine the, the last nine episodes and they've promised they've promised a a strong finale for the season well then i guess we'll all have to keep watching yeah there's gonna be leave now (laughs) yeah there's gonna be there's gonna be 22 episodes i believe uh in in the full season so we've got a little while to go but i mean as an example they're doing something you you, do you remember the thor tie-in episode that they did i think it was a few episodes back where they had they had you know like one reference to thor and how the asgardians never clean up their messes yeah and then you know they they had uh they just kind of went off on their own thing um, they've realized, you know, that was a pretty weak tie-in to be doing and they could be doing a lot more. And so, uh, around the time of the, I believe when Thor comes out on, on Blu-ray, DVD, etc., in a few weeks, they're going to be doing a, a much stronger Thor tie-in with Lady Sif from, from Thor. Okay. Which is kind of cool. And, and apparently in, it's, it's not just going to be one of these things where she kind of comes in and goes, hi, I'm, you know, I'm Lady Sif, see us. Um, she's going to be integral to the episode, uh, and apparently the episode itself is integral to the to the uh, to the rest of the season. So that suggests that you know we've got some some much stronger kind of tie-ins to the to the larger Marvel universe coming up. And you know the the next episode, episode thirteen, which is a couple of weeks away, uh, is apparently and they they they're, they're hyping it up to have that it's got a an astonishing series changing final act and it kind of seems like somebody's going to die from the trailer i don't really know but do you think these are the sort of things that could that could help it be a a stronger show well i I think there's pretty much anything could could help it to be a stronger show at this point (laughs) but yes i i think i think the the reason this show i guess is popular at all is because because of its ties to the Marvel Universe. Right. And that's something that they haven't even bothered to attempt to exploit. It's just, it's essentially been a, we have some smart people 
and we, you know, we use some tech and every now and then we'll reference the fact that we're from shield, but it, it does, it, you know, if you change the name, it could be a complete, it could be a different show. Like, you know, or sorry, it could be the exact same show, but with a different name for the organization. And you, like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that you were missing anything because that's how it's been so far. Right. Right. And here's the thing, right? Because, and I, we've, we've talked about another show, um, another sci-fi show that came out roughly around the same, roughly at the same time, um, almost human. Which has one of your favourites, Carl Urban, of course, starring at, alongside Michael Ely. That show, I believe, we have mentioned that it started really strongly, but I feel like over the course of the show, it's actually it's actually been losing that strength because what they've done is they've basically created a show that's very formulaic, very formulaic, and that's not to say that a formulaic show can't do well. Uh, you just have to have a look at, for instance, House, which which was ridiculously formulaic. Uh, every episode was basically this, you know, basically followed a very strict formula, and still worked. That that show had eight seasons, and all of them were really good, and all of them got really, really relatively good ratings, and and it was fine. Almost Human is failing because it doesn't like it's it's sticking to the to this uh this formula, but in a way that doesn't it doesn't exploit the sort of things that you can pull out of that, right. Um, like as an example, I think the last three or four episodes have been have all been uh, basically somebody is going knows that they're going to die, so they basically you know run in and go they run into a crowd of people and like oh I'm gonna die you you gotta help me I, I'm going to die, uh, and then then they die and then <laughs> it gets passed off to uh, passed off to Carl Urban and Michael Ely to investigate who killed them, and right. then they find the person who killed them, but not before somebody else it, it, you know, might also die, and apparently is a serial killer because they they've decided to kill a bunch of people, uh, and then eventually we catch them, and it, it's all you know about this future tech uh, that has has uh, that is like kind of you know pushed the episode along, and then they wake up and they realize the whole episode was a dream. Right, <laughs> but uh, you know, and it's it's things like that where they don't, where they where they kind of uh just sticking to this one thing that makes it so much less interesting because you just kind of you sit there and you you like well, didn't I didn't I watch this episode already? Like it's almost identical to the episode last week, except instead of a you know a neck brace thing that will explode and you know blow their head off i guess this week we have a bullet that tracks them and finds them and kills them no matter where they are yeah no i i mean i understand i understand what you're saying like i definitely think it's the the last few episodes haven't been anywhere near as strong as when they first started and and i think part of it is because i don't know if the show is sure what type of show it wants to be Right. Because it's not it's not like a law and order where you get to see the details of them investigating the case. Like it's not it's not that much of of a of a cop procedural show. But they still have some of that in there. Sure. And and it's not just essentially an action show, but they do have some of that in there as well. Like so I, I think assuming they do eventually find it, I think once they find the balance, that's when the show will kind of hit that good spot and stay there. But I think that's the problem right now is if they're trying to figure out, okay, you know, do we need to just th- throw cliches at it? And so we can see some explosions and Carl Urban shooting at things, or do we want to show them investigating or do we want to, you know? Right. And look, I, I think, I think that's the, that's a big difference between agents of shield and almost human at this stage, right? Because almost human, uh, started out really strongly and, uh, then, but then has had to try and still try and find its feet, uh, in the same way as agents of shield 
has it, although Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. didn't start as strongly. But I think that while Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been finding its feet, Almost Human is not, and not yeah, doing it very well. Yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has gotten stronger, and it's been getting stronger, and if if this, uh, you know, if the promises that they've made in regards to it finishing really strongly are to be believed, then you know, it's only going to get stronger as the rest of the season continues and they, you know, they flesh out the, the full story. Almost Human, on the other hand, I don't even know that there is a full arc. And, well, I mean, I know that there is, but it's it's never referenced or anything like that. I think they, they threw in a reference to it in the most recent episode, uh, but we didn't haven't seen anything about it since, you know, the first episode. And it's just kind of, uh, it's a little bit all over the place and it's not it's not doing... Uh, it's not doing as good a job at finding its feet as as Agents of Shield is. That being said, you know I'm going to continue watching them until the end of the season to see how it turns out. Yeah, no, I and, think it's only fair. Yeah, and and again, both of these shows, um, I think Almost Human is still worth watching, even when it with its its current flaws. And Agents of Shield is definitely getting better. Right. And like you said, if 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 it's going to be crazy you know blowing your mind episodes coming up soon who would want to miss that not me not me though in a non-spoilery way i want to say finding out what happened to colson what actually happened to him very right. anticlimactic it's not exciting at all but we don't know everything yet that's true i'm i'm, I'm hoping there's more to it i'm just saying so far it's it was it was a really boring reveal you know what i mean fair enough the, let's just say the the suggestions that you and I have discussed about what 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 possibly could have happened, those would have been like, oh wow, oh my gosh, this was very like, oh, okay. Well, we'll have to wait and see how that goes because uh, you know if it's going to end strongly, then we've got to find out all the, all the details about uh, about what happened to agents Col- Agent Colson. Uh, we still don't know exactly how he actually survived. Um, we only know that they were. Uh, you know the, 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 some of the stuff that they were doing kind of after that so we'll just have to we'll just have to wait and see yes well uh it was announced this week that the script for the latest star wars movie has been completed hooray yeah and according to jj they're now in deep pre-production whatever that means that that's uh that's an interesting way to put it okay so so that that means that we're probably on on track for being uh for having Star Wars released what end of end of next year it's due I think yeah because they pushed it back from May yeah now there's also been a bit of a casting rumor uh, and that is that Jesse Plemons from Breaking Bad and Friday Night Lights might be starring possibly as uh, Luke Skywalker's son. Ah, uh, I know, I know that guy. Yep, sure. Um, he's, he's the one with the face. Yeah, yeah, he's the one with the face. No, he's uh, he from Breaking Bad. He plays a character by the name of Todd, who doesn't appear until kind of towards the end of the series. Um, I don't know. I I would be interested to see seeing where where they go where they go with that. Yeah, he's. I don't. I don't think I've seen him in anything. He looks somewhat familiar. Um. So, like, I I quickly checked out his his filmography, and he's done a bunch of you know like one shot things in various episodes of you know Walker Texas Ranger Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So I may have seen him you know here or there, but I don't know enough about him to 
know if he'll be any good. Hmm. Well, have you heard? Actually, there, there's another uh, there's another casting rumor that has been going around. I don't know if you've heard this. Um, I believe you know uh, the the actress known as Dame Judi Dench. Of course. Who doesn't? Last big thing that big franchise that she was in was obviously um, the James Bond franchise where she was playing M. She's been rumored to be playing Mon Mothma in Episode Seven. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. There are there are photos, and they I, like I can I can see how it would be a logical progression. Yeah, like honestly, I think they look somewhat similar. So like that's. Uh, you know that that's good enough, and uh, Judy Dench is a is a wonderful actress, so it's not like she couldn't play the part. She's the bomb, is what I believe you mean to say. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I I don't know if that's if that's her up her alley when it comes to the types of films she would be a part of. Perhaps, however, like I think I think it's. Uh, clear to be like it needs to be said like people people do surprising things uh you just have to look at the like the stuff that we talked about last week with michael douglas people do surprising things and people get cast in surprising things the other thing to, to kind of note is that jj at this point is quite a well-regarded director i believe he's done several big franchise stuff uh, he was he was involved in Mission Impossible. He's been involved in Star Trek, obviously. Uh, he, you know he's done he's done several big name movies of his own. It wouldn't be surprising that with the reputation that JJ has now, with with these movies under his belt, that somebody like Judy Dench wouldn't be interested in like in joint, jumping on a project with him because it's he's he's not doing little things anymore. He's doing he's doing big big name stuff. And to be fair, Star Wars is a is itself a big name franchise. If she's going to join James Bond, then there's no reason why she wouldn't also join something like Star Wars. That's, That's in true. My mind. Yeah, that, that does make sense. And I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying I wouldn't appreciate it happening. I'm just taking it with a grain of salt at this point until until there's sure. some some semblance of confirmation. And that that's that's a fair that's a fair thing because you know obviously it's. It's just a rumor at this stage. Nothing has been confirmed. We don't know any confirmed casting stuff. Um, it's just one of those things where we're not going to really know uh, any of the casting until they really, uh, not not for a while anyway, bec- until you know closer to when they start uh, actually shooting. But it's still fun to talk about. But yeah, it's that sort of thing where where we just you know we can have ideas. And do you know who'd be great as Mon Mothma? Who? Carl Urban. I mean, come on. <laughs> Uh, I, what? <laughs> I, I I think I'd actually almost see Carl Urban playing like maybe the son of uh, Han Solo. Yeah, well, because he has that that swagger, and he has the attitude. Yeah. He has the attitude that's required. Yeah, and, and Don Cheadle could be the one adopted into the family. So let's go into uh, let's let's talk a little bit about another movie. Yes, uh, this one is less less rumor, more sadness. The the sequel to Man of Steel, uh, also known as Batman versus Superman, probably also right. has another name that I don't remember, but I'm going to call it Batman versus Superman. Possibly Superman versus Batman. <laughs> no, that's, that's ridiculous. That that doesn't make any sense. Right. Okay. Fine. Uh, that movie has been pushed back from July of 2015 to May of 2016. Mm. 
So that is a, a very large pushback. Um, and apparently there's uh, Warner Brothers is also doing a Peter Pan movie that's moving into the slot that the Batman vs. Superman movie was originally in. I wonder why why this is, because, uh, I mean, they've been adding a lot of cast recently to the to the flick. Um, so perhaps they're not, but perhaps they're not, they haven't got all their cast together or something. They're not able to start shooting uh, early enough or something. Uh, well, there were rumors um, a, a little while ago that Ben Affleck hurt his leg and it wasn't able to shoot for a while, which could have pushed it back a bit. But even that, like, I'm reading here, it says the rumors, it says it might delay the shoot by six or seven, you know, six weeks or more, but that's not, that's not a year, that's six weeks, you know, but who knows, maybe there was just, wasn't a good time slot in those, in, say, say that was the only issue, maybe there just wasn't a time slot six weeks from then that worked for them, but I, I feel like even so, pushing it back a year is a, um, isn't a, a great planning decision. Right. Well, who knows? Mason, that, that that slot, I believe, has been a place where they've been doing Marvel films. Yeah, you know, actually, the fa- you're you're spot on because um, Marvel does have they they have untitled movies. Well, one will be released May six, twenty sixteen. So right. pretty much the exact same day that they've moved Batman versus Superman to. Right. So that would suggest that uh, they're basically pushing that so that they can face off against a marvel flick maybe i don't know that's it's interesting but i mean you you just have to look at like for instance last year iron man 3 came out and then i believe it was superman uh men of steel um not long after that they weren't at the same exact time but i believe i believe men of steel did a lot better than iron man 3 who knows yeah who knows it's just one of those things it seems like they've been adding a lot of cast so perhaps the casting like has actually caused some uh, scheduling conflicts or something like that as well. It is kind of a long pushback. I mean, we don't see that a lot. It's it, it could it be that the that the script isn't ready yet or something. Yeah, well, you, you got to think. Remember, uh, not too long ago, Star Wars, which you know we mentioned earlier, but Star Wars was pushed back what like six months because they had to redo the script. Mm. But even that, so that that's redoing the entire script, and it still only got pushed back six months. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. Maybe there's there's clearly like a you know some sort of logic in the in the minds of the studio. So I guess it's just one of those things. Like it, it, there are, there are only a finite number of dates where they release movies, and so uh, and it's you know it's essentially there's 52 possible dates for releasing movies because um, they only re- like movie theaters generally launch new movies on a specific day of the week. They've got to choose good ones where the where the uh, where the movie will do well. So maybe that's maybe it just comes down to you know maybe a script thing and maybe that and maybe also the thing that they want to face off against Marvel and see who does better. That's true. Mm, mm, mm. You know, I've also uh, I read mm, I don't know yesterday day before that apparently and again this is all speculation but Kevin Smith. No, I think. Jen- oh, sorry, Jennifer Garner, wife of Ben Affleck, right, said something along the lines of the new bat suit is completely different from anything we've ever seen before. And Kevin Smith, friends with Ben Affleck, has said that he saw it and he was like, you know, crying with with tears of joy because it was so amazing and different. And but he said he said no no bat nipples. 
So that, that's at least a check in that direction. Look, that's a, that that's always that's always good. Um, when I mean, as an example, Kevin Smith is is a big geek, and he's he's very into comic books. I mean, you just have to look at some of the stuff that he's done. Like he 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 knows his stuff in regards to in in regards to Batman. So well, I guess we'll. I'm, I'm pretty sure though he did write a comic in which Batman peed himself. So he does he he does lose some points for that. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't have a I don't have a response to that. But <laughs> I, I would like to think that that he knows his stuff in regards to the bat suit. Hopefully we don't get like some spandex thing from like from like like um, you know spandex thing that kind of looks like the one from uh, the TV show back in the day with Adam West with, with like the <laughs> with like the drawn on eyebrows. Oh wow, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh that's that's possibly second only to the bat nipples. Um <laughs> look you know we the, there are only so many kind of iterations that you can do with the suit. And uh given you know, given the given the look of the, the Superman suit, which kind of does look really good on, on uh Henry Cavill, uh, but despite it being different to the previous, you know, to what we know and and you know, from Superman with the, you know, underpants on the outside. <laughs> you know, given the way that they've gone with that, I think, you know, we can probably expect good things from, from the bat suit as well. Mm. Yeah. So when uh when you have to use Windows, do you uh do you use Chrome? I use Chrome anyway. Oh, do you? Yeah. You don't. You, you don't use any fancy pants uh, Mac version of browsers. Look, Safari is all well and good, but I have been using Chrome for a very long time, and it's just one of those things where I I don't need to force myself to learn a new thing. Um, I u- pull, usually pull out Safari if I'm going to be you know doing some testing or something like that. I very rarely. I'll I'll pull it out as well if if you know for some reason I'm getting getting problems with chrome i'll try it in safari to see if it works um but i i use chrome i that's that's the browser i use and certain people will hate me for that but you know they can go and shove it (laughs) well let me let me ask you a sub question then do you you have extensions on your chrome oh of course i do that there are there is no way i would be able to use chrome without them okay let me let me ask you a sub sub question when was the last time you checked to see who owned those extensions that you have installed for Chrome? I don't really check the check that sort of stuff. I mean, I check it when I install them, but I never, I, I wouldn't think to check them after that. Well, see, some some news has come to light that says maybe you should. So, so what happens is, you know, you say you download a, for instance, I'll, I'll use one that they talk about in in this article that I'll throw in the show notes. The the add to Feedly button. Which is just right. something that lets you, you know, add a blog to your Feedly account. Mm-hmm. All right. So, you know, you, you download it. You think that's pretty much it. Well, here's the thing. Someone could go to that guy who I don't remember his name, but I'm going to call him Jim. They can go to Jim and say, Jim, you got yourself a good extension right there. And uh, they speak like this because this is how people who who buy extension stock. You were, you were like jumping between accents there you you started talking well, like you know what like it's, some it's, sort of new york person and then it was italian well that's because there's lots of italians in new york jelly <laughs> but, but it's fine it's fine I'll, I'll, I'll stop trying the accents all right <laughs> so so you know they'll go jim you know we've noticed you have you know three hundred thousand people who've downloaded 
and uh, have your extension installed, we'd like to buy your extension off you. And Jim would go, well, how much you want off from? Then he'd go, oh, some, somewhere in the four figures mark. And he'll go, that's all. That's, that's fine. Signs it away. There you go. So someone else has now purchased this. You don't get any notification that the product has changed hands. And these new people, they don't want to, they didn't buy this so they could help you add things to your, you know, your, your feed reader. They did it so that um, they could spam you and install malware on your computer, which is what's actually happened with the add the Feedly button. And what's, what's, and I'll say great, but great is in, you know, sarcastically great is that some of these, like this one, for instance, was written in such a way that it didn't start to show issues until multiple days after it was installed or updated. So you'd go, oh, you know, I, I don't even, actually, I'm not even sure if you know when your extensions get updates. You might just, I think usually it happens automatically when you restart Chrome. Yeah, it, it usually automatically happens. Uh, you will only generally see a notification if um, if it asks for new permissions. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you, you wouldn't even, have, you wouldn't even know that there was an update, but on the off chance you did, you wouldn't necessarily connect the two because you go, no, no, I, I updated that two days ago. And I'm just seeing all the issues now. Right. Look, I mean, for, for me personally, if I notice a problem with Chrome that is, you know, particularly bad, like as an example, if I uh, was seeing this invasive advertising stuff being injected, um, the first thing that I would do is look at is look at the extensions. Um, because, I mean, I have, I have Adblock installed, so... I don't normally see ads, so uh, if I'm going to start seeing, if I was going to say start seeing them, the first thing I would do is check my extensions. And I think that's, I think that's the the thing that you have to be aware of, right? Chrome generally, if you go, if something is going to be is going a bit wiggy that you don't wouldn't normally see, the first thing you should be doing is going through each of your extensions, like turn them all off and then one by one turn them back on again until you have until you found the the problem that was being caused. Or you know, turn them off by one by one, and until you have that same same thing, because that that that's the only real way that you can kind of weed out what the problem is with certain with certain things. I've had extensions that have had that have caused problems before, not quite this sneaky or bad, but I have had I have had issues before that have that have had problems. And the first thing that you the, the first thing you should ever do is is go straight to the extensions and start and have a look through. Right. Well, and and again, I I think. Most people could probably figure that out if they've said, oh, I just watched that update. But I think it's different if they said, oh, I installed that two days ago and suddenly there's an issue. Mm. Like I know even I think even us, we'd go, that's that's a bit weird. What did I just do in the past day that would have changed that? You know what I mean? Like is it, that's that's right. how we work because that's how we're that's how things usually happen. Sure. But I mean, like I said, but like we said before, you don't necessarily even notice when a Chrome extension gets updated. They kind of update without you knowing you don't suddenly get like you don't normally get a drop down to say by the way i've in, i've updated these uh these extensions you know because if you if that was going to happen then maybe what you should be doing is checking the extension like checking everything out as you uh you know as it gets installed although nobody would do that but my point being that given that you don't know when these extensions are being are being updated anyway then the first thing that you should be doing if something goes wiggy is be, is going and and checking the checking your extensions mm. that's that's my logic well yes I especially by it especially now with with the issues that are coming to light now google has removed 
the two of the um, perpetrators of, right. of this issue. Uh, one was add to Feedly and the other was tweet this page. But um, I'm going to take a while to guess and assume they aren't the only two that are doing that. They're probably just the, the two most well-known. Hmm. So it's it's not a thing of you go, oh, well, I'm not using any of those. No, no it, it doesn't matter what you're using. There's a chance that someone will sell it to somebody else who will use the fact that they already have an established user base to do nefarious deeds. And I think part of the other thing you have to worry about as well is that it, I don't know, like we, you don't really think about it when you install something, you know, that has, say it's got a million reviews and five stars and all it does is, you know, it, it does something simple, but it, it needs permissions. Like say, you know, your access to all your data and your browsing history and all this kind of stuff. And now you kind of have to think, well, that's fine if it's used as it is when I first install it. But what happens if, you know, again, they change hands, you know, what, what information are, are they necessarily passing back? Not just what are they putting onto my screen? Right. And this is, yeah, it, it, it does open up lots of potentially bad things um, that you wouldn't necessarily know about. I mean, injection of advertising is one thing because you notice it, but things like if they're, using Chrome to access your, your your data, like your browsing history and stuff like that, that, that can be used for very nefarious purposes for, for a lot of people anyway. I mean, personally, if I need to do anything kind of outside of the normal, then that's what that's why you use uh, incognito mode. Um, but that being said, you know, some extensions have access to things like your bookmarks and, you know, uh, yeah, your browsing history or... Uh, you know, your top websites visited, and I, th- I believe you can even get access to like things like contacts and stuff from your machine. Yeah. So there are, are ways that these that extensions can be used for uh, very, very bad purposes. I think it's one of these things where you do have to, when you install, install these things, because I don't believe Google is checking this, this sort of stuff very much. Um, I believe it's just one of these things where you have to, you have to go over it every now and then just to make sure that everything is. Everything's on the down low. Wait, no, that's not what you want. You want everything to be on the on the straight and narrow is what you want. The the up and up. The up and up, that's the one. Not the down low. <laughs> yeah, not the down low. The up and up. Yeah. Well but yeah, well again, and like you said, it's it's because Google doesn't vet any of the extensions. It's, it's, it's essentially it's a it's a crowdsourced um security. You know, if enough people complain like, oh, there's an issue, let's look at look at it. Right. Look, I think I think it's one of these things that uh it, like alongside of, you know, changing your password every few months and and uh, you know, making sure that you have have no viruses on your machine. Um checking browser extensions and stuff like that should just kind of go hand in hand with that. If you are installing extensions that are used by that are you know, provided generally by people that you don't know and trust, you know, there are there are cer- certain cases where it's not going to this sort of thing won't happen as an example i have i have an extension for accessing all my my passwords through one password that's owned by one password they're not going to do anything nefarious with it they're not going to sell that to anybody because it's it's theirs um it uses it's for their service right but uh, with that being said i also you know i also have a couple of other extensions which i don't necessarily know or trust the people who who they come from and so it's it's always a good idea to you know to to keep on to keep on top of that sort of stuff. Mm. That's my advice. All right, the Jelly One Hundred and One in the advice column of Jelly. 
to cut, to move on to our last topic for for the, for the day, Pixar has released a a video that demonstrates a new method for making stylized CG. That's a lot of very complicated words. Like like new and of yeah, well, <laughs> not necessarily complicated. More like it doesn't necessarily make sense uh, if you don't understand what I'm talking about. Uh, there will be a link in the show notes. At that link, there is a uh, there is a video that you can watch. It is a bit dry, but you can it'll kind of give you the gist of it. Uh, basically, um, so basically, the way that Pixar films are produced these days, right, is that they're given textures and and uh, and you know colors and stuff like that, and it's basically just it looks like a CG film, right? Yeah. I mean they they look they look like they're made out made on a you know three D modeling software and stuff like that. This new method, right, will allow the would allow them to produce feature films um, that don't look like that, that look like stylized like animation. As an example, it could look like watercolors, okay, or you know, it, it could look at like it was all done in pencil. It, it's basically how this works: is you have an animation which has all the standard kind of uh, you know textures and and coloring and and animation all kind of finalized, right? And then that's handed to, uh, I guess, an animator or an artist. Uh, the artist then basically uh, takes keyframes from that, so one one every say ten, twenty frames, uh, and then paints like uh, paints over that. So, but essentially uses that as a as a kind of a an outline and traces it in whatever style that they want. So they might have um, they might have watercolor or pencil or whatever. Uh, it can look like that. And then the, te- the the software that they've created, uh, it, it basically creates a, a, the in-between steps for, for that based on those keyframes uh, and the animation and turns it into a fluid-looking animation that looks like it was made out of whatever the artist used. Okay. Um, you know, watercolors, let's say. So, basically, there's, there's two kind of key innovations here. There's, the, there's something called temporal coherence, which is basically the, how, how fluid the images are when they, like, from frame to frame. frame. And the fact that the you know that you can have an artist that has control over the final look, uh, just simply by painting a few keyframes here and there, um, anything bef- before this would have had to you know have been fully traced or you know done with software, and it never it never like you can always tell when some stuff has been made uh, with CG because you know it looks like it's been made with CG, right? <laughs> you know, and even if it's been done like you know, there's a lot of cartoons and stuff on TV these days which are made with uh, w- which are made with CG but designed to look like you know s- standard 2D animation. It still looks like 3D, um, like it, it just the way that things move and stuff. Uh, basically, this would put a stop to that because you know if this technology became something that was you know everywhere. Um, you know, 3D animation could look like anything. It could look like any style. It, it doesn't have to look like it was made on a computer. It could look like it was, you know, painstakingly painted by by an artist. Like like I said, the video itself is kind of a little bit dry and uh, kind of tough to get through. But when you when you get to the end, there's actually a, they do a little scene that has uh a, you know has a backdrop and you know lighting effects and stuff like a fully properly rendered scene of a dude little dude skating around. Uh, and it it doesn't look like CG at all. It looks like it was like it looks completely uh, completely different. Yeah. Um. And that's you know, and that's basically just a just an example. Imagine a full like imagine a full movie that has been made out of, made out of this. Um, this sort of these sort of uh, examples 
are being done, you know, to a you know a less you know a lesser degree of polish than what a feature film gets. So you know it it's it's kind of a big it's it's a uh, it's a big step forward for for CG. Well, yeah, and and it's not just a step forward for CG. I think it's also a step forward for the the ease of making quality animations. Right. So uh, assuming you can get it to the same quality as something you do by hand, that's a huge time saving, especially if you're only Absolutely. especially if you're only painting, you know, one one I I don't I don't know what, you know, how much how many frames are key frames, but say say you're doing a fifth of of your normal workload of painting, that's a huge savings of of, of time. Absolutely. Yeah. So the and the interesting thing is, right, because Pixar doesn't just do this stuff for the heck of it. They they have a plan and a purpose for everything that they everything that they like all the technology that they kind of uh, do. Um, you just have to look at, for instance, Monster the University, which I think is their most recent release. Uh, yeah, I believe it is. Monsters University had this huge, you know, innovation in lighting, right? Where lighting now could actually do what light what lights do, and you know, bounces off surfaces. Um, and that sort of uh, that sort of refraction allowed them to light scenes in a more natural way right. and get more natural results from it. Or you know they could also they could also basically um, kind of you know push that a little bit further, and they could kind of do what cartoons do and kind of make it a little bit more exaggerated. They can you know really blow out the the amount of light that's being balanced or the color or whatever like that. You know to make it to make it exaggerated uh because you know sometimes cartoons do that and so you know that that came out with with the uh with your know, monsters university so it could this be a technology could this mean that uh one of the future uh franchises that we're expecting from pixar like the good dinosaur or inside out uh will they be this sort of stylized uh cg as opposed to regular cg animation that's that's true um I guess we'll, we'll know when it comes out. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, so, so this technology like that, that it's pretty much still a white paper. So I don't know how close it is to actually being able to you to be used in, you know, an actual production. Well, that's, that's a fair, that's a fair thing. Um, but I mean, you have to keep on, keep in mind that these, these animated f- films, they take, you know, upwards of, uh, you know, three years to, to complete. So, and we're not expecting either of these movies until at least next year. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Uh, so we still have a long while. And this, and the video itself was actually presented last summer. So, uh, that would be, uh, I'm, I'm guessing it's American summer. So I'm guessing, you know, middle, mid last year. Which is, you know, decidedly actually, it's actually quite a long time ago. It's just that nobody's really uh, kind of started talking about it until now. It's really interesting because uh, because it is such a new concept, and I I don't I don't see why they wouldn't want to show this off in a in an upcoming film. Personally, I think that Inside Out would be a really good uh, kind of showcase for this sort of technology because they do the whole thing where it's like imagination sequences and stuff like that. And that sort of thing would allow for them to kind of explore a lot of different styles uh, or at least explore a couple of different ones. Yeah, no, but that's true. That's, that's a good point. It doesn't necessarily have to be a full movie. And they could even do the shorts that they usually do before their movies. Right. Can can be using this style or right. a and different they, style. Usually they... 
they usually use that sort of stuff for 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 testing up testing out new new things as well. So I I, I don't know. It's it's one of these things where um it, it's a really interesting technology. Like it's super interesting, and I can't wait to see how it how it uh, turns out. It's very exciting, and uh, I mean, it's the video is dry, but you know, as as a technology, like it, the sort of things that you can kind of you'll see coming from this, uh, is amazing, and it will. I think it will it will change the face of CG animation. Uh, so who knows? Who knows when when we might see this in a feature film? Uh, maybe tomorrow. Tomorrow, okay. Yeah. We'll see. We'll, well, okay, cool. Anyway, I think that's about it. So let's wrap it up. Guys, if you would like to read about anything that we talked about today, the CG uh, painterly stuff, the, you can talk, look at the Chrome stuff or the Batman versus Superman, etc., 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 etc. All you need to do is go to our website. We put all of the links for the show notes uh, up there. So go to, just go to jellyandbean.co forward slash 58. Now, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that. Uh, all you need to do is go to our website again, jellyandbean.co forward slash contact, and uh, you can fill out a form there, send us an email, uh, and we will we will absolutely read every we read everything that comes to us, everything, absolutely everything. Uh, you can also talk to us individually. Bean is on Twitter at Brandroid Attack. B R A N D. R-O-Y-D-A-T-T-A-C-K and I am at Jelly Bean Soup. Thanks guys for listening. Uh, it's been amazing. We look forward to talking to you again next week which, and I'm just going to drop this bomb, is going to be our penultimate episode. We look forward to talking to you then. Bye.